0: Welcome to episode seven of Lil Muck, a tiny slice of the Muck podcast, where we talk to people in the media and in politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo.
1: And I'm Hilary Dougherty.
0: Hilary, tell us about today's guest.
1: Well, okay. Our guest today is Caitlin Schmidt. She's an investigative reporter for the Arizona Daily Star. And we are so happy that you're joining us today, Caitlin. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So, Caitlin, could you tell us a little bit about
0: what inspired you to become a journalist?
2: Um, You know, I've always loved writing, and I initially, um, when I graduated from high school, went into nursing, and it just wasn't my thing. So a friend had suggested I start bartending, it would be better money, I would meet people, (laughs) and she was right, but the only thing I liked about it was talking to people and hearing their stories, and so... It was kind of an obvious turn, so now I'm doing this.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that story, and I love like the the chatting up the bartender.
2: Yeah. Everyone spills their <laughs> secrets, I'm sure. <laughs> they do, but I but you know they do, and everybody has something to complain about. But I also it taught me that everybody has a story if you just listen long enough. Which definitely come in handy as a journalist yeah
1: so let's talk about arizona you have some pretty interesting sheriffs i thought that us in broward county florida had interesting sheriffs but arizona's got uh they got us in a race for the money for this one um you have former maricopa (laughs) county sheriff joe arpaio who is known for of course his anti-immigration racial profiling um and then current pinal county I think that's Pinal um, Sheriff Mark Lamb, who recently tested positive for COVID, like days after being in D.C. with President Trump. And then you covered uh, Sheriff Chris Nanos of Pima County. Can you tell us about what happened with him?
2: Yes, um, and he he is actually funny thing running for sheriff again, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So um, Chris Nanos um, was deputy chief to the sheriff for a number of years, and when our longtime sheriff um, Clarence Dupnik retired back in 2015 he asked the board of supervisors to appoint chris Manos as his replacement because his term wasn't up for another year so chris Manos took over and shortly after he took over um i got an anonymous letter telling me i should look into various happenings within the department Ooh,
1: um i love yeah, an anonymous so letter yeah Tina's, who doesn't right he's oh <laughs> a huge fan of anonymous letters it's creepy almost how into anonymous letters. i just is.
0: find it so fascinating i'm sorry but it just i got so excited at that little tidbit
2: <laughs> they're my favorites i still get thrilled when i come into the newsroom and there's one on my desk it's, it's, yeah <laughs> they never steer <hear> you wrong <laughs> yeah, oh man that's awesome so this one was like four pages and it was just chalk full of information and most of it obviously required records requests and this and that but this little one at the end was about I should look into some nepotism involving um this cafe that we didn't even know about in sheriff's headquarters and I went okay this one's really easy I just have to ask for the contract and go from there and we can confirm it um but there was no contract which nobody Mm. seemed to think was a problem yeah so um and no, but I mean, and it didn't seem like anybody at the sheriff thought anything was wrong. They invited me right in, um, to look at this little cafe. So it was in the break room at our sheriff's department headquarters, which at the time, um, was sort of in the middle of nowhere. Um, there, there were restaurants around a handful of fast food restaurants, a handful of sit down restaurants, but there really wasn't, um, there really wasn't a lot of options. And so that was why they told us they had this cafe was, you know, there's nowhere for them to eat on their breaks. And some of the deputies were hesitant to eat out in public in uniform.
0: Mm, Okay.
2: Um, due to anti law enforcement sentiment, which we kind of back in 2015, it wasn't, it wasn't really a big thing here. So, um, whatever, but I accepted their invitation and came in and it was a lovely little cafe. Um, And they let us shoot photographs, which was really nice. And then we started getting the responses to my records requests. And so what it turned out had happened was the woman who had been running the cafe for a really long time um, left abruptly. And there's some different stories about how that happened. But Mm -hmm. the one that everyone can agree on is she left abruptly and she took all of her equipment with her. And so the sheriff's department thought, well, we don't want to be left on alert like this again. So let's Let's go ahead and buy all new equipment, and then whoever we bring in, um, we don't have to worry about them having them. And if they leave, we've still got all of our stuff. Okay. So (laughs) they spent twenty thousand dollars or so on equipment. Yeah, industrial fridges, ovens. My God. um, (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a big haul. So they spent this twenty thousand dollars, and then while they're getting this restaurant fixed up, um, the niece. Of um, the then chief deputy, Christopher Radke, um, happened to be a caterer and own a restaurant, and Mm -hmm. she so graciously threw her hat into the ring and offered to help. And instead of going through a, you know, formal procurement process and maybe offering... Yeah, you know, like how government works. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They just decided, let's just skip all that. We, we know Nicole, she's great. Um, let's let's let her come in. So they let her come in. Um with yeah. no contract either, which was another kind of um slip. Yeah. And and she also was not paying rent. <gasps> that is so, nice. Right, I right. That's what we thought. Yeah. Um, and so everybody, the story was almost too easy to get at first because everybody was willing to talk to me. She talked to me and said, "You know, we only serve like thirty people a day. I'm certainly not going to get rich off of this, but I mean, if you're not spending any, mu- if you have no overhead, yeah, you're certainly making a tidy little process, right?" And the department talked to me and they have said, "Oh yeah, we use, um, we use RICO money for all of this. <laughs> yes." Yes. So, um, so for any listeners who might not know what repo money, I can tell you do because you perked up right away. <laughs> yes, um, it, it is money that is seized from people who are suspected to be involved in crimes, and that's kind of the kicker. Is somebody doesn't even have to be arrested or ever charged with a crime; they, the government can kind of take their money um, under civil asset forfeiture pr- procedures, but. It's supposed to be used in police departments for crime fighting or crime prevention. Mm. Um, oh, not not you know.
0: for a brand new kitchen and appliances.
2: <laughs> no, we- weird, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I very quickly got a phone call back from that same gentleman who said, Oh no, 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 I misspoke. Uh, we use the general fund mm. and we printed the misspeak in the article Um because wouldn't you? (laughs) As as well as the correction. And from there, things kind of got crazy. I started getting phone calls from um, department employees who were furious, who said, you know, there's other things going on, you should look into it. And as I was, you know, making requests and waiting on those, um, I started getting informed from employees saying, "Hey, the FBI has read your article and now they're looking into this."
0: Holy cow. Wow. How does that feel that the FBI got perked up based on something that you wrote?
2: It felt amazing and I almost <laughs> didn't believe it. And my editor didn't believe it at all. Like, not even not even for a second. And you know the FBI doesn't confirm or deny anything. Okay. So, um, we didn't get any help there, but we were able to I, you know, I said, we have to, we have to report on this if we can get it. So we were able to collect enough anonymous sources, um, all Sheriff's Department employees who had spoken to the FBI, who all had the exact same story. And we wrote a very short, very short article, um, just saying, hey, this is happening. Wow. And then I waited for like nine months <laughs> and started to think that nothing was had come of it and i did start to think my editor was right and they weren't looking into it and then the indictment came out
0: wow <laughs> that's wild
2: it yeah so um the the then chief deputy who had offered his niece the spot um was indicted on multiple federal counts of um embezzlement essentially um theft of federal funds um through the course of this FBI investigation um, they had found that this practice had been going back through 20 years so what the department had been doing was certain members would be making deposits to a um, sheriff's auxiliary fund which is our volunteer sheriff and then they would take the money out of this account and kind of use it for whatever they wanted Um, and we didn't you know we didn't there were, like, 11 different counts in the indictments. Um, there was the menu board used for the cafe. It was a lovely custom chalkboard um, that was several hundred dollars that was on there, um, as was one of the microwaves. That was a great feeling.
1: <laughs> wow,
2: um, but we incredible. also had things like model airplanes with their tail numbers uh, or with their badge numbers printed on the tail that then no. somebody thought that they wanted rush shipping for. That was a $1,000 purchase. <sighs> What so, in the world? Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like that to me is really bizarre. Model airplanes, like oh just to to put out and around, a, or like give away. That's interesting. It was pretty, I mean,
2: we actually um, one of the TV stations um, once all of this came out was able to dig up old footage of the sheriff in his office with the um, with the with the airplane. Oh my so God. it was just a weird vanity purchase. Yes. But at this point in time the only person that was indicted was this chief deputy um, and no one else. And so people, you know, the rank and file in the department was pretty outraged because they were sure other people were involved. Um, And a couple of months before, I guess, the indictments came out, um, another member, it was the chief of staff from the department, um, committed suicide, um, which, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a note. There wasn't anything. There was, um, a history of alcoholism. And so there was, you know, everyone kind of suspected that it had something to do with this, but nobody knew for sure. Um, but apparently he was the other party that, that would have been indicted, um, that was also quite responsible for this. So, so shortly before our 2016 election, I think it was like September, um, this chief deputy takes a plea agreement and he pleads guilty to a couple misdemeanors. Um, but in the process of this plea agreement, he, he admits that this has been going on for 20 years to the tune of half a million dollars.
1: Holy cow. Oh my God.
2: What in the world are people thinking? Right? I mean, and it was all discoverable by public records. While this was going on, we were able to pull, we were able to pull deposits and purchases from that auxiliary volunteer account to see what the money was being used for. And a lot of it was legitimate. And that was kind of an unfortunate fallout was uh, the, those volunteers were cast under kind of a scrutiny that they shouldn't have been. They didn't even have access to this money, but their name was attached to this account. Right. So and so it didn't look great. But so he pleads guilty to his two misdemeanors and he pays like a thousand dollar fine and gets probation. Um, and luckily, one of the terms written into his plea agreement was that he was not allowed to work in um, in the county, or in law enforcement in Arizona, or I think law enforcement at all, actually. So, you know, we don't know. We don't know what he's up to these days, but he certainly is laying low. Um, but he didn't name any other names except for this man who was already dead. So, our then sheriff figures vindicated, right? You know, <laughs> um,
0: all vindicated. The witnesses are gone. But
2: yeah, it, yeah. All the witnesses are gone. I didn't do anything. But he kind of left everybody with the question of, okay, well, if he didn't. You know, he didn't know about, he wasn't complicit, but was he negligent if this was all going on under his nose? And I had, you know, I had written an article and found that he himself had been requesting money from that account. So it's, it's hard to tell what he knew and what he didn't know, but nobody slipped. But during all of this, during the investigation, um, Chris Nono said right away, I am not a politician. And he was telling us the truth. Yeah. Um when I first talked to him about the FBI investigation, his response was, doesn't the FBI have anything better to do? And if they need some real cops to help them do their jobs, I've got some. <laughs> <Wow>.
1: <laughs> uh, I, my favorite and, thing that sheriffs always say is that they're not politicians. Meanwhile, they run for election. Yeah. They have to have yeah. a campaign. I mean, you are. You are. Unfortunately, you have to start accepting that that part of it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you are right now. And, you know, I mean, and to be a politician under those circumstances, while you presumably, but your office for sure is under an investigation that you know about. Um, And, you know, he was he was a good sport. I'll give him that while all of this was going on. He participated in debates. He came into the newsroom for an editorial board. That year we had um, a county attorney candidate, our sitting county attorney, that refused to debate her challenger. So, I mean, he could have done that, but he, he didn't. Wow. Um, but I don't think the way he handled the situation went over very well. So our newly appointed Democratic sheriff, um, in a largely Democratic county was unseated by his Republican challenger. Whoa. Um, which was, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was quite shocking. Um, I, the former sheriff had been, he was like 35 years and he was a Democrat. So it had been a really long time since a Republican had Held the seat, but that Challenger came in um as kind of a moderate and right. so anyways, wow. but fast forward four years and Chris nanas is now back running for sheriff yes. again. <laughs> wow.
0: Do you, do you think the people uh of Pima have forgotten about his past corruption? I mean, has it been long enough that they don't remember?
2: Nope, it has not. <laughs> it has not. And so we're in kind of a weird position. So we're approaching our primary. It's a few weeks away. Um he Nanos has another Democratic challenger and it's this he's a former sergeant named Kevin Kabitsky who um was very vocal during during the last election. He actually filed an H R complaint um and an assault charge against Nanos because of a dispute they got into that involved a Shoves. Um, so it w- it's kind of like these two guys are running against each other. At, like this was the this was the battle that was meant to happen four yeah. years ago wow. when they were fighting. Um, so no, I don't I don't think people have forgotten. Um, Mr. Kubitsky is certainly pointing it out, and I think that if Chris prevails in the primary, um, Mark Napier will be quick to point it out. But he's running under the platform that the department asked him to come back. And nobody has come forward to dispute that. So Wow. It's really, it's the Wild West. Yes. <laughs> we are giving you a run for your money.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, the thing that bothers me the most about this is that, um, it, is that when people come back to run, um, it's almost as if they want you to look at them as if they were always innocent. You know, there's this yeah. thing that happens where they're like, oh, well I, well, I wasn't indicted. Oh, well, I didn't, you know, these things didn't happen to me. But meanwhile, they happened under your watch, you know, like they happened while you were in charge. Yes.
2: Right. And when he was chief deputy, I mean, when Claire Stupnik resigned, I I want to say he was 87. Wow. So there were questions about his capacity. So Chris Thomas was largely running the department for several years before he was appointed sheriff. So, mm. you know, I mean, he was, he was, this was all happening under his watch for years. And it seems like the most egregious happenings involving this misuse of money was in those recent years. So he has acknowledged it. Um, but he is, he is saying that it's an inherited problem from decades before and that, mm. like you said, I wasn't indicted and I was cleared. And, yeah, so he's you just know,
0: deflecting.
2: Yeah, he's just deflecting. And certainly, you know, I mean, they, are, they aren't really allowed to do much with RICO money on their own anymore. All purchases have to be... Any RICO expenditures have to be approved by our board of supervisors now so that this won't ever happen again. <laughs> what
1: happens when it comes to endorsing candidates from a paper? Like I know here when there's a primary, you know, they're going to endorse someone. Does, does, does that happen with your paper? Does, is this guy, is it, he possibly going to get an endorsement or will it go to the other Democrat?
2: So we only do endorsements on primaries if that is where the race will be decided. Um, So we just endorse the county attorney because we have three Democrats running, but, Mm -hmm. so, but it will be interesting to see what happens um, if, if he wins. And frankly, I mean, I I think he's got a good, I think he's got a good chance. He has more name recognition than Kevin Kavisky and, um, you know, Kevin Kavisky was a sergeant. Um, That's a large leap to, sheriff running the whole department um so you know but anything can happen but I yeah I'm not covering this election I've changed seats since then but boy I they would I mean if they would let me sit in on that zoom editorial board meeting it does make it I at least just want to listen because it was it's a repeat of four years ago I mean it's it's quite it's quite fascinating but um you know they'll be sure to address it so I I'm kind of hoping that it's a showdown of the last one, you know. Yeah. Four years later, let's let's see what happens. But yeah. I, 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 mean, I would never think to come back. <laughs> That's just I me, actually, though. If something happened, ego. I wouldn't come ego. back. Yeah,
1: it's the ego. So we cover all of these really corrupt politicians, or they make these huge mistakes, and every time we're like, why? Are they doing this? Why are they coming back? Why won't they resign? Why Why won't won't, they leave? Yeah. And it always comes back to ego. But the thing that bothers me the most, and maybe because I take all of it way too seriously, is that, you know, get out of the way. There's got you. We've you've already shown us who you are. (laughs) Like We know what you're about. Who's going to vote for this person? He's if if all of this comes up again or another corruption, it's like this is who you elected, though, right? Like this is who you gave your vote to. And I just, I love that even if he was a, a sergeant that he's trying, like, I love that new candidates are trying yes. to make yes. that move because old guard has to sometimes step aside a little bit yes. and let new people come in.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and it yeah, it'll be, it'll be really fascinating to see what happens. Um, I, I will say, you know, our moderately Republican sheriff, he, he's been on Fox News a lot, but he hasn't he hasn't done anything aggressive or he hasn't done anything crazy. He didn't test positive for COVID after refusing to do the mask mandate and hanging out with the president. Uh (laughs) But I still think we are in a largely democratic County and people have some problems with some of his values and his decisions. Um, And if, you know, it's, and it's, the rank and file in the department really is unhappy with him. We've heard, we've heard about it. We've covered it extensively. Mm -hmm. They don't, they say that he runs the department like it's the military. Mm -hmm. Um, So if their voices are heard, if they get out to the public, then we might have Chris Nanos or, or Kevin Gavisky. It's, it's, it's really a fascinating race. Um, but, and I'm kind of sad I'm not covering
1: it. Yeah. I mean, the sheriff's races are always because, and we've talked to other um, journalists and they, they, it's kind of the same consensus. It's because it's such a powerful position. The budgets are really large and these, yeah. these uh, elected sheriffs are, are really, really powerful. And so those races always get really interesting. They
2: do. And heated. Um, yes. And, you know, with, with all of the focus on law enforcement and the issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly important position. I think sheriff and county attorney, I mean, are really the local ones that yeah. people should be looking at the power that goes into those. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, it, it'll, it's been fascinating. So, yeah, um, sure. and he hasn't really started campaigning yet. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. We've got a couple of weeks left. We all just got ballots in the mail this week. So I think it's really going to start to heat up.
1: Oh, my gosh! I'm so excited. It's like the Oscars for me, the I elections. Know, it, is. Gonna <laughs> it, gonna the it is who's going to win? Who's going to be the great star this year?
2: Like I'm so excited, so geeky nerd, and I love it so yeah. much. right, like even when I'm not working on election night i am I am watching those results on my yes. TV at home.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, we'll have to keep in contact when August and November roll around because I'm, I'm, yeah, cause I'm anxious. We have our sheriff we yeah. have our sheriff's election, and I'm anxious to see what happens yeah. with this yes. race. Oh, my God.
0: that's yeah. The story you told was so incredible and so interesting, and I loved it.
1: Thank you so much for sharing with us.
2: Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, you keep in touch, and we will talk to you very soon. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. Bye. bye. Take care. All
2: right. Bye, ladies. Bye.
1: If you want to learn more about this week's
0: guest, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck to support
1: the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level muckraker, policy wonk, or bleeding heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast written and performed by Sean Docherty.